Are you ready to become an escapepreneur? Well, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Bye Bye 9 to 5 podcast, designed by brilliant women, especially for brilliant women who want to create the life of their dreams by escaping the 9 to 5. Welcome to Bye Bye 9 to 5 podcast, where we are helping women to escape the 9 to 5 and really love the life that they live by building a business of their dreams or doing whatever it is that gets them closer to having more time and money freedom. On Bye Bye 9 to 5 podcast, we host women that are doing that so that you will have a template of inspiration and encouragement to be able to move forward so that you can also build the life of your dreams. And today I have just that kind of person here with me. Her name is Miss Kay Mills, and she is, uh, I'm sorry, we call her Kay, but her name is Kayshawn. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Kayshawn Milligan. Yes, yes, yes. Kayshawn Milligan, also known as Kay of Keys. Kay of Keys. And she is a two-time author motivational speaker and brand coach. She has worked for some of the biggest nonprofit organizations in the US and Canada, and she has now decided to make her own impact through her own platform of purpose. She graduated from Copen State University with a degree in psychology, behavior modification. Now that's really awesome. Bi coastal mm-hmm. between Los Angeles and Washington, DC. So she's a lady on the move. Welcome, Kay. How are you? I'm doing well, Kimberly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and just to represent all of the women entrepreneurs just stepping out of like the busy hustle of the nine to five. So thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. And so Kay, one of the first things I always want to know, because everybody's story is so amazing. It's so juicy. I just want to know what is your story? What has brought you here to this journey to this point in time? You know, okay, so juice. All right. <laughs> Let me make sure I get the juice out. Um, well, to be honest, I think that I've always been a really, really hard worker. I think if it was one thing that's been consistent about me was my work ethic. And I really just actually, I think, you know, owe that to my mom. Um, she was a single mom raising me and my brother and she worked every single day, sometimes six days a week. Like I never saw her really take a day off or really just have any personal time. Right. So I think those types of characteristics were really instilled in me at such a young age. So I remember getting my first job when I was 16, um, my senior year in college. I worked and was excited to work because I felt like that was me kind of like contributing to my own success and really being able to provide for myself, which I was raised to know that that was really, really important. Well, you know, as a young person, you're really excited about something until you really grasp what it actually means. So from the ages of like 16 all the way up until 31, I worked nonstop every day, all day. Um, I even worked full time when I was in college. I made my schedule to where I was in school from 8 a.m. till 2 p.m. And then I went to work from 4 p.m. to midnight. 
Um, so, right. So you can imagine the way that my days were set up, being able to study was really, really hard, um, really being able to focus. But again, this is just something that I had grown accustomed to. So it was just my natural um, default was to go to work and work for someone. Mm -hmm. So I want to say that I was very... I was very proud of that, you know, being a hardworking woman, being a hardworking woman of color, still being yeah. able to get my education, which I felt like was really um, something that not every single person was able to do. So I felt very blessed to be able to do that. However, as time went on um, and I grew more into corporate America, there was a lot of things that I was seeing, which, which was different levels of fatigue. A tired 20-year-old is a completely different than a tired 30-year-old, which I'm sure is completely different than a tired 40-year-old and a tired 50-year-old. Mm -hmm. And I was noticing the, the effect that the fatigue and the exhaustion was having on me physically and emotionally. But still, I didn't really feel like that that was enough room for me to like not work. That I mean, this is what you've been doing forever you know like this is my grandparents this is my great grandparents be the 30 year old that says like honey i'm tired um so <laughs> it's like that <laughs> what do you mean you're tired you have yeah. another 30 years to go so to be completely honest my thought process really didn't change until i actually finished traveling away from home um so the job that i had was doing nonprofit management, which allowed me to do a lot of traveling and motivational speaking. So I moved around quite a bit. I met a lot of different people. Um, so I went from Baltimore, where I'm born and raised, and went to college, and all of my family is um, to St. Louis, from St. Louis to Chicago, Chicago to Toronto, Toronto to New York, and then New York to LA. So along this way, I came in contact with a lot of, you know, different people that had different ways in which they deemed to be successful and different ways in which they saw to kind of like schedule out their day, their week, their month. And the more that I interacted with certain people, I recognized the whole thought process behind working until you're 65, 70, and then having the luxury of being able to retire on a fixed income is one that we don't have to choose at this point of where we are. Um, and I had to sit on that for a second and I was meeting all of these people, which to be completely honest, did not look like me, um, which intrigued me even more that I thought that there was something really specific to where I was coming across a lot of other cultures um, and races and nationalities that had a different approach to be able to set up what their future looked like. Um, so one story in particular, I actually, um, for my, my job, they would always, the new thing was Airbnb. So instead of booking you in hotels, they would book you in Airbnb, right? So when I was in LA, I was staying in a really nice Airbnb and the owner of the Airbnb was a 23 year old woman. Yes. Okay. So... Um, I noticed that at first I didn't ask her her age. I noticed that she was young. I also know that, you know, different nationalities have really great genes. Um, so I was like, maybe she's a lot older than what she looks. But then one day, um, I had asked her, I was like, Hey, if you don't mind me asking how old are you? And she was like, she's 23. Um, and I was like, wow. And I was like, Oh, like, is this your place or do you manage it? And she was like, no, it's my place. 
this was actually my graduation gift from my parents that I had an option of, you know, taking a trip, um, doing this big luxury type of party, really elaborate, going on shopping sprees or just giving me whole hard cash, or they could get um, a fixer upper property that basically would be hers and she could choose to do with it what she wanted. So she chose to take an investment property in which she then had college friends that she knew that could come in and basically get it all cleaned up and renovated for a really, really low. And then she basically Airbnb it to where she is making over some of parent salaries just doing this. This has allowed her the ability to go back and pay for her master's as well as travel around the country as much as she wants. Now, I take into consideration that not every parent can offer an investment property. I take into consideration that not every person can do that. But in that moment, it had me think that this 23-year-old woman is now in full-on retirement mode. Yes. And I just celebrated my uncle's retirement at 65, right? Like mm -hmm. he put in another 40 years to be able to have the same type of freedom that she was able to require at such a young age. And I thought that was very interesting. So it really had me change up my thinking. It really made me think, okay, what exactly can I do at this point that can really set me up to create my own freedom as well as being able to educate others on what they can do? So I thought about the whole concept of working for someone and what was the point? Um, I thought about the point of going to work was to get a paycheck and to get money to be able to pay your bills, you know, and prayerfully you have enough left over so that you actually have the luxury to do things that you want to do rather than is to buy you really nice things or to travel or to give gifts to loved ones, whatever that may be for you. Um, so I devised a plan. I devised a year plan that was going to set me up to be able to send in my resignation notice to my employer and to go independent. Um, I was smart enough to know that even though I was getting all this information, it was not a good idea to just automatically up and quit, you know, the nine to five, that there has to be some type of preparation that was made. So I took the year to really start building up my content and building up my platform exactly like who I am and what I wanted to be in the stories that I want to tell, which was the case Keys brand. And that in turn started having attention getting turned to me with people wanting to know exactly who I was, what I was doing, um, inviting me to come speak at seminars, at speaking engagements. So then I just really got into the thing to where I'm speaking for all these other nonprofit organizations and that's what my job is paying me for. Why would I not, you know, take an opportunity to kind of like go and set up my own platform and brand and business to do the same? So I basically nurtured that and um, connected and networked for an entire year before actually and also gained some clientele not a lot but enough to where i was like i can eat um and devised a plan to be able to live on that type of budget as we kind of like continue to expand the business and the brand so that's kind of like my story and how i kind of like came through the process of leaving the nine to five and 
the kind of like the they the broad steps of me actually turning in my resignation notice and going independent, which I did very proudly at the age of 31. Um, and I've been independent ever since. So yeah. Wonderful. Very wonderful. Now, Kay, as I do these uh, interviews, I definitely point out to my audience different nuggets that, you yeah. know, that my speaker talks about. And so you said a couple of great things there. I mean, really profound. It, um, going to your uncle's retirement party helped you to really grasp the concept that re retirement and, you know, after seeing this, this young woman at 23 who was basically already retired helped you to grasp right. that concept that retirement was not an age. Retirement is not determined by age. It's actually determined right. by your income and your expenses. Right. And, you know, as long as you have money that can pay your expenses, you can retire at whatever age, which is a huge Absolutely. aha moment for a lot of people. Um, and the other thing is that um, you took the information that you found that, you know, mm -hmm. this big aha moment that you were having, and you decided to turn it into something that would benefit you in a way where you would actually strategize your way out of a job. And that, yes, that is really, really, um, really, really good. So audience, I do want you to pay attention to that because it is possible. Um, yeah. but it takes a strategy. It takes a plan. You can't just up and say, I'm tired of this job. I'm going to quit because we do use the job to eat. And, um, but it is possible with a plan. And as you mm -hmm. notice, Kay said she took a year to work that plan and build her visibility, her credibility, her authority in this area so that when she right. got out, she would be able to continue on with her business and actually be able to feed herself because we do need right. it. Absolutely. So I, I love that story. Now, Kay, I want to mm -hmm. hop right into the, to the, um, uh, you have, you have a program that you call yes. the seasonal transition of self. And I am guessing because of you going through this resignation journey, Right. And I love. Right, right. I hope that's what you call it in your in your company because I love, I love. Resignation could mean a lot of different things as it relates. Absolutely. To so there were specific areas that I really felt like I needed to resign from, not just from the actual company. So financial stagnation, um, fear unhealthy habits. I say that because the type of work that I did, it really didn't allow me like enough time to um, eat healthy. I would say I was always on the go. I was always moving. So I picked up a lot of like, like I stick, like I ate in my car probably every single day to get from point A to point B, which means I love me a good drive through. Me and Chick-fil-A had our own <laughs> relationship. Okay. We were connected. We were one. So that was really, really big. And I think that I really had to, once I started recognizing that the job was just a distraction right. and the other areas really should have been the focus, then it really got powerful because it was like, 
the action was me serving a letter of resignation, but then I went back to take it even a step further. I started writing resignation letters to other areas in my life. Like the nice. most powerful seven words were to whom it may concern. I'm talking yes. to you fear. I love like, that. That was huge. Um, so I encourage people and I definitely like through my transitions and people that actually join the course, I talk about that. Like one of the first things that I say is like, we're not just talking about you resigning from a nine to five so that you can become an independent and hashtag I'm an entrepreneur and hashtag I'm my own boss. But we're talking about really setting you up to be as productive and as progressive as you possibly can. And I think that is the most important thing is that any areas that may be blocking you. Um, I had one of my clients very recently who said that the biggest fear that she had was always from a financial standpoint of never having enough. Mm -hmm. um, so she would never want to fully leave her job because she, even when she had a full-time job and even a side part-time, she always had this fear that one day or one month, she just wouldn't have enough to be able to feed her and her family. So that thinking was really hindering her from even fantasizing or dreaming about starting her own business and brand, even if she had the skill and the talent. Even if she had everything that she needed to be able to go full steam ahead on her dreams, the fear of not having enough and the poverty thinking and mindset hindered yes. her from wanting to go full steam ahead on what ultimately could have been her gift, right? Um, so I thought that that was really powerful. So for me, I was like, no, we need to resign from that. We need to completely change. You need to serve a resignation notice to that ASAP. You don't need to give it two weeks to be courteous to it. You should say effective immediately that you no longer want to have that type of thought process, you know? Absolutely. So that huge. Absolutely. That is huge. I will tell you why that is so huge too especially for me, because yeah. I only work with a very specific skill set of clients. You know, I, yeah. you know, I only work with new women business owners. And before we even begin the process, we mm -hmm. talk about those mindset things. And if their mindset is rooted, like that particular individual you talked about, and I've had clients who've come to me and who've had those kinds of mindset issues. Absolutely. I don't I don't work with them. I'm not a mindset coach. <laughs> and so I'm not able to get them there. No, because listen, <laughs> I'm in the business K of helping women. I really am. Now mm -hmm. I could take those clients on, but I would take their money and no matter what mm -hmm. I would do for them, they would never be yeah. able to get their their business off the ground. I would just be taking yeah. their money because right. their mindset is so jacked up. So right. I make sure that I refer them out to someone who can help them with their mindset first. Right. And I tell them right. that is really the only way we can work together. I say, because I can't help you with that mindset. That's not my wheelhouse. And you will mm -hmm. not be able to build this business with that l mindset of poverty and lack and low self-worth. You, you just can't do it. It's not possible. You, 
Well, I can applaud you for having a standard and to be honest with the clientele and say, because of where you are mentally, I'm unable to move forward with you professionally because there are That's not right. a lot of people that are willing to actually have that standard and say, unfortunately, where you are is going to hinder me and us from making any type of progress. So it's not going to make any sense for me to accept financial payment when I know that there isn't really going to be anything effective that comes out of it. Um, which I applaud because again, not a lot of people actually do that, but it always starts with the mind. And I think for me, when I take on my clients, that's the first place that I go. I ask the question, why do you want to be an independent and why do you want to start your own business and brand? And I ask that question because I have to very quickly assess, are they wanting to birth something from a broken place? right? Like, are there areas that just haven't been addressed? Um, and they just want to ignore them and still start a business. And that is unhealthy and unproductive. And I kind of like have to go there and break that down first. And I'm not going to lie to you. I understand why you say that you would not take that on. No. Right. That's why I said, I should just kept going and got my PhD in psychology because sometimes I really do feel as though I'm a therapist. And once you get invested into your clients, you want them to succeed, you want to break out of the mindset of thinking of what they can't do and really just resign from that type of thinking. Um, but unfortunately for a lot of people, this is things that have been embedded in their mind and in their thought process for so long. Mm -hmm. um, it takes them time to really search and really say, what is the real issue? Mm -hmm. what, what is the real problem? What's hindering you from moving forward? And not all the time, it's, uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's the fact that I'm unwilling to do the underground work, the internal work. Um, but right. I want you to make everything external look pretty. Like I want my logo to be amazing yes. and I want my media kit to be beautiful and I want my Instagram to pop, right? They want all these things, but it's kind of like, that's great, but that doesn't bring you in revenue. That doesn't bring you in productivity. You have to be really clear that people can very quickly assess brokenness and, and not want to get into business with that. Um, so I appreciate and applaud the fact that you even have the standard and you're not willing to actually accept on a clientele with that type of mental blockage that they have for sure. That's yes. amazing. Yes. And I, and, and now that I have, now that I've met you and I love, that's another reason why I love doing these podcasts is I'm able to yeah. meet a network of other experts who, who I can refer out to. You know, and I, you know, when I Absolutely. meet clients, what I do is I assess them from mm, who would they fit well with maybe, and I'll refer them out so I can add you to that list. That's wonderful. Um, because yeah. business, um, when, you know, I'm, I'm doing a book review uh, every Thursday on my website, Kay, and I'm doing this book called No More Dreaded Mondays by Dan Miller. I'm not sure if you've ever read that book before, but one of the things that he okay. advocates in that book is that everyone does not have to have a business, you know, um, because everyone is not suited for that. Say it for the people in the back. I have this conversation <laughs> all the time, honey. Right. You do not 
have to be a business owner. It yes. is not, but at this point, that seems to be the goal. Like yes. that seems to be the new dream is to be an independent versus really doing something purposeful and productive. And I think we have to be able to identify, there's nothing wrong with partnering with someone else who is a business owner and helping them achieve their dreams. And also, and that in turn, you doing the same thing. But right. no, I'm sorry to cut you off. Please go, please, yes. No, so good. you hit that on the nail on the head. It's like, um, people really need to focus on their purpose. And who knows, a business may come out of that one day. But sometimes people get so focused on, oh, I'm so sick and tired of this job. And there's a lot of factors in that I'm so sick and tired of this job. All right, mm -hmm. it might be the That's job, funny. but then it might be you. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's not always the job that's so horrible. It could be you. Now, if you're not coming to work. It could be. Yes, you're not showing up at work excellent. You're not coming on time. You're not trying to get any better. You're, you're just coming to work and doing the bare. The problem is not the job, it's you. And so that's tough for people to swallow sometimes. But Absolutely. in those cases. Yes, you know, sometimes, what do you think you're going to do when you get a business if you're not excellent on the job? Guess what you're going to do? You're not going to be excellent in your business. You take the same habits that you had when you were working for someone, when you are applying them to start your own thing. As a matter of fact, you kind of like can't hide behind it because it's kind of like you don't have a supervisor to blame. You don't have a staff to blame. You start seeing yourself like, do you have an issue with execution? This yes. could have been the same issue that your supervisor said to you a year ago that you said that, no, I don't, my supervisor doesn't like me. So those things are highlighted for sure. You know, for yes. me, my level of organization has to go up 10 notches, right? Like for a while, just being in senior level management and the job that I did, I had, you know, assistants. I had people that worked underneath me they handled a lot of things. Like my schedule was mapped out. Um, I mean, I had coffee brought to me in the morning, those little things, right? So it's kind of like people kind of like, okay, Kashawn, today we have one, two, three, four, five meetings on the table. Here's the prep work. I've already screened this. This is good. You're good to go. You have a speaking engagement in Santa Monica today. You need to be like all these types of things were set up. So when it came down for me going independent and I had all this free time <laughs> and then I'm thinking like, <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, okay. Well, yeah. Like as long as I get this done and this done, all that's great. But then it was like, no, I had to get very specific of today is a day of content creation. This point of day is a day of networking. Today is the day of being able to, um, work on new writing and, and new things. Today is a day of being able to get more organized. Today is a day of following back up with my clients. Today is a day of checking in with my clients. Today is a day for me to do some social media marketing. I literally have a color-coded camera that allows me to be able to keep track of all of these things. And the reason being is because like, I know like that's something that I need in order to be successful. 
Um, and I can't use the fact unless I'm willing to go out and get an assistant that's going to be top notch. When you are an independent and you're starting from the bottom and really just building it up, you have to possess those type of qualities and those characteristics and really hold yourself accountable. If you do not like to be held accountable, you do not want to be an entrepreneur Absolutely. because it always comes back on you, right? Yes. Absolutely. You're designing this organization. Mm -hmm. That's right. You're you're creating that paycheck for yourself. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Amen. Okay, so, let's um switch gears a little bit and talk about your book. You've written a book or two. Yes, yes I did. Keys to your resignation. When who you are match what you do. Um, I, September 5th will actually be a year that it's been out. It's so crazy that much time has gone by. Um, but I was really inspired. I was inspired about not only resigning from the nine to five and the hustle and bustle, like that was exciting, but I also was excited about recognizing what it meant. And when I actually was doing the planning, like I said, before I resigned, I did like a long year planning. I really had to ask myself what I was resigning from. And when I was doing that, I was trying to write down people's names, like which would be my, my supervisor, my boss. And then it was kind of like, that's not really what I'm resigning from. The real issue is like what I'm doing on my day to day doesn't match who I am as an individual and as a person. Like it is counteracting my character. It is causing me to really sit back and you know, not exercise the gifts and the skills. Like it wasn't sharpening iron anymore. I really felt that I was in a stagnant position. I no longer had the same joy um, when I was going into the workplace. And just like you said, when you no longer have that level of I'm committed and invested to come in and give excellence every single day, the mature thing to do is to remove yourself. If you can't renew your mind and be able to get that same joyful, um, like feeling back, then it's probably important for you to remove yourself because you then become the toxic environment. The environment isn't toxic, it does become you. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want that, I didn't want to be remembered for that. I didn't also, I didn't want to carry that with me. I require amazing skills being able to work alongside like some of the biggest and the best organizations and meet some of the most amazing people and if it was no longer serving me then it was sabotaging me right. and I just made a choice that I refused to sabotage myself and if I started looking at it that way like this position at this company is not serving me and I'm not serving it so either it's going to sabotage me mentally, emotionally, and physically, or I'm going to sabotage myself. Mm -hmm. And I just made a call. So the book that I wrote was basically, um, which is really cool. Um, you can actually get it on Amazon and in Kindle. It's available for sure. And Amazon Prime, if people, if they're members, they actually get it for a discounted price. But there's certain points in the book to where I talk about the HR department. And I become your own HR department. For me, my HR like, I really feel that creating a sense of peace and a sense of purpose has allowed me to just excel and be able to really produce some of the most amazing connections and networks and content that I've ever produced in my life. Um, 
and being able to recognize what the heart needs, which is to heal, which is to evolve, which is to, you know, attend, which is to restore and to transform. And being able to administer all of these different areas in my life is really, really huge for me. Um, so the book is kind of like, it talks about my journey, but more specifically, it talks about kind of like the areas of resignation and what's needed when kind of like moving forward. When things start counteracting your character, it may be time for you to resign from something. When things are, when the skills, your skills go beyond the current teachings of the place where you're at, it may be time to actually resign from that. When you no longer feel invested in and your gift is not being molded and challenged, it may be time for you to resign and not all the times it have to have this bad connotation to it like that's why I don't didn't use the word quit because you're not quitting anything resigning is you making a choice you're taking control of what you're choosing to could be committed to connected to um so me resigning was just that I made a choice to choose me above anything and everything else um Very so nice. yeah the yeah that's hmm? Very nice, very nice. And so um, I want every, all, all my audience, I want you out there listening because. Yes. I, Hi, guys. Yes. Make sure that you're listening because I'm going to ask Kay a yes. fun fact about herself Ooh. here in a minute. Oh, God. <laughs> and when she answers uh -huh. that, you should remember mm -hmm. that because you will have the opportunity to win a copy of Keys to Your Resignation. I am going to yes. give you a copy of her book. And so yes. you got to remember, you got to listen to this entire, to the entire That's right, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nervous about this personal question. I got to oh, I'm going to okay. ask her, I'm going to ask her a Fun fact. So, okay. Um, Kay, you st one of your favorite motivational quotes was a mentor, a mentor keeps you focused and a mentee keeps you humble. Why? Why mm -hmm. is that so significant to you? Um, because I think that it covers you on both ends. And I say that because um, you can go through a period to where, which I think is important that I think everybody should have a mentor. I think you should have someone that you look to that you trust, um, that deposits into you, that speaks life into you, that also holds you accountable. Um, and that also kind of like gives you guidance as you're making your way through life and whatever your professional personal journey is. Um, and I think that they keep you focused. They keep you on your toes. They keep you kind of like challenging yourself and your ideas. But then I think there's a point to where when you've been so poured into, then you have a responsibility to pour into someone else. And I think that that ability to pour into someone else will allow you to remember where you started and that someone invested the same amount of time in you that you should into someone else. So a mentor keeps you focused, but a mentee is just as important because it keeps you humble, right? So for me, I always look to, if I'm not getting it from higher up, then I start looking down to where I can actually give it to someone else. 
So it's not always about the taking. It's also about the giving. And usually when I'm at my best, it's because I have one on each side. I have my mentor. And then I also have my mentees, right? Um, That I'm really excited about and connected to. So I think, yeah, that quote is is something that I live by. So you're never going to catch me without being covered on both ends. I'm going to have a mentor that's keeping me focused and challenging me and asking me like, okay, what are we working on this month? What are we doing? What type of professional and personal goals have you kind of like set into place? And what's the plan to execute? And the mentee is going to be someone who calls me and says, I need help. Or like, what are we doing? And like, I'm going through this some type of advice that's when you stop and you say you know what it's not always about me so yeah for sure very nice i like that now yeah okay what is that favorite food of yours (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) so okay this (laughs) okay so these are one of those things to where you know i'm hoping my mom is watching she's gonna laugh but my favorite food is gummy my favorite food is gummy bears <laughs> specifically gold pack okay you just can't have any kind and i say this because i literally have and can have them for breakfast lunch and dinner wow. um and you know i know i know they're small they're sweet they can fit into your purse you know, you can sneak them in the movie theater. Like, there's so many things. Like, yes. <laughs> you can put them in cute candy dishes. They look cute for decoration. Okay, anywho. So, my favorite food is gummy bears. Um, I'm trying to get better at it, but that's my. I'm trying. I'm working it out. Discipline. Discipline. That's my favorite food for sure. Well, everybody has to have something. No judgment there. I like gummy bears every now and then. Yes. <laughs> So we're about to wrap this up, Kay. Thank you so much for being here. Audience, I want you to know that her free gift to you is free consults. So if I will put her email information, she will have a specific podcast page at kimwigginscoaching.com slash podcast. You will see a page that you will see her picture there. And when you see her picture, if you click on the picture, it'll take you to her page. It will have her email address where you can email her and get a free consult. And she will be able to um, just give you a a consult. And then you can start on your resignation journey. Um, You can also find Kay at Instagram and Facebook at Kay's. K-A-Y-S, keys, K-E-Y-S, that's K's keys, and at Twitter, at four, the number four, note takers, and I'll have that information there on the page as well. Last question, Kay. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, share one action tip that my audience can put in place today, right after hearing this, they can go out. Okay. Something amazing with. What is that tip? Yeah, I would suggest that everyone picks three specific areas in their life that they could potentially resign from. 
right? They, it doesn't have to be that after you hear this, you're kind of like, you know what, I'm quitting my job tomorrow. You know, <laughs> unless you feel like that's what you need to do. But like, I don't want you to email me saying like, I just quit, girl. Woo! And I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Um, do we have a plan? Like, we should talk about we should talk about that. I didn't know. So there's certain things that you can resign from. Like, you know, you can resign from, you know, eating gummy bears for breakfast or whatever that may be. So pick three specific areas in your life, you know, that you feel like that you could resign from this month. And I think once you start thinking of the, the terminology of resigning and really kind of like implementing resignation into your vocabulary and into your mind, we can really start tackling some other things. And I look forward to connecting with all of you guys, definitely feel free to like Kimberly said, you know, follow me at Case Keys on Instagram. Definitely send me a message letting me know that you are listening to this podcast. I would love to kind of like connect with you. I'm offering free consults for every single person that's been listening to this podcast. So we can just really just get you and in the summer on a really high and successful note, like that's the goal. So I want everybody to be able to get on this whole resignation journey and just transition as smooth as possible, for sure. Thank you so much, Kay. That was beautiful. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate being here today and I look forward to connecting with you again. Absolutely. And um, just for my audience, please reach out to Kay. Use her as a resource. She is an amazing, amazing woman doing very amazing things. Very, very brilliant. And she will be able to help you in a number of ways. And we're ending this session of the Bye Bye 9 to 5 podcast. Thank you for joining in. Make sure to subscribe, like, and review the podcast. And I can't wait to have you here again next time. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. This episode of the Bye Bye 9 to 5 podcast has ended, but it doesn't stop there. Be sure to subscribe for more strategies and advice to help you move from employee to escape renewer to have the kind of success you have always dreamed of without sacrificing family or time. And don't forget to rate and review us so we can continue to bring you the best content possible to motivate and encourage you on this journey. See you on the next episode.